0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. When cultural capital meets political capital, that's the discussion today. I, last week, um uh, so well, just a couple of days ago really uh, i encountered a um a situation where uh, i i kept hearing these rumblings of matthew mcconaughey uh getting in, in front uh, going to the white house and being in front of the press and delivering a an emotional and um moving uh, speech and i decided that it was appropriate for me to go and have a little look at it, and, and see what it is that was was being made into a, such a deal. <clears throat> and I want to start off with this. I've got a lot of respect for what Matthew McConaughey did. Uh, he was, in this particular uh, speech, he was talking about the Uvalde uh, massacres, basically what it was at this point. We, we lost uh, a lot of children and some adults and it is his hometown. It's where he grew up, and he went back and visited with people, which I am just absolutely grateful that he did that. I think that that's, um, you know, that's the most human thing that he probably could have done is just go spend time with the people of his hometown, and he has the means to do that, so I'm glad he chose that path, Uh, and I want to talk about cultural capital meeting political capital because he has a massive amount of cultural capital right he's he's viewed by so many as cool and um a nice guy and you know he's got all these these family values and and all of that stuff is really good and important um, and at this moment he doesn't hold or wield a whole lot of political capital. And so I wanted to talk about what do we do if we have political capital? What do we do if we have cultural capital? And how do we bring that to a head? Well, I think Matthew McConaughey showed us um, from a therapeutic lens, right? Because that's the lens that which I look at all of these things is from a therapeutic lens. What does this mean? What we know is that politics is a part of culture, It does not dictate culture in the United States. Uh, Politics um, obviously are key in terms of developing identity as a nation. And so when you see things uh, in other countries, um, there there is a sense that the politics can dominate the culture. But in fact, it's the other way around. Uh, if you've listened to me for very long at all, you will know that I'm very consistent in my uh, the way that I speak about things. And a culture is made up of individuals, even if it's like we often see in Eastern cultures, uh, there's the the dominant narrative is of the family of uh, the the group. It's still the individuals who make the group. If you take away the individuals, you've got nothing. You take away the group, you got a bunch of individuals. The individuals can exist without the group, but the group cannot exist without the individuals. So. <clears throat> when i say that politics the political arena is a part of the culture that's what i mean it's a bunch of individuals that make up the political arenas and therefore it cannot exist without the individuals so in this in this uh speech that he gave there's there's some things that i want to highlight and i want <clears throat> It's very important to me that you understand, I mean, zero disrespect to Matthew McConaughey because the guy was clearly grieving on screen. As a therapist, I'm watching his mannerisms. I mean, I know he's a fantastic actor, uh, but I I don't think that what we saw there was a bunch of acting. Uh, I think he, in many cases, I think he was actually holding back the emotions And I think that's what we were seeing there. He wanted the message to be heard more than the emotions, although the emotions do uh, incite a desire to pay attention. So I'm glad he didn't hold them all back. Um, So let's go into it. We've got, uh, let me look through my notes here. So what we have is Around 14 minutes in, to me, it started to get really interesting. I mean, there was other things that were super interesting. And I say, for me, it got interesting because hearing the stories of the children and the families that have lost people, uh, like, that's just heart wrenching. Uh, I think anybody with, you know, a, a half of a, an ounce of empathy in them understands that like that, you know, hearing about the shoes, hearing about the painting of the house and like the retirement and starting a food truck like I, I those things hit me pretty good too. Probably not as much as they hit Matthew McConaughey because it's his hometown. Uh, But I have a heart and that mattered. Those things mattered. Uh, About 14 minutes in, uh, he starts to talk about he doesn't want it to be easy for bad guys to get guns. And that's where I I feel that I, I, I don't want it to be easy for bad guys to get guns. Unfortunately, it is easy. And we go from that to, you know, him talking about uh, what's on the table. Just after that, he talks about what's on the table, investing in mental health, making safer schools, restraining sensationalized media coverage. He really did a great job of attacking anybody who is failing, which, to be honest, is a lot of people, right? The, this this kid's family failed. This kid that did this massacre failed? Um, and these failures are great to point at, right? We need to do better with mental health. We need to do better at keeping our schools safe. We need to restrain sensationalized media. He went after everybody. He went after the media, politics, laws, mental health, uh, safety protocols in schools, restoring family values. Like he attacked it all, which I very much appreciate and made it very well balanced. And he then goes on. As divided as our country is, and I started to think, what unifies a country? I know what unifies a country every time. It's hard things. Hard things draw people together. War draws people together. Think 9-11. What else draws people together? Uh, Causes. Causes can draw people together, right? And so I got to thinking, how is this going to draw people together? We all have a common enemy right now. But an enemy is going to fade from the memory, right? How how long ago was it that we stopped paying attention to what happened on 9-11? And now it gets one day. One day. One day a year. That's, That's not enough. And yet, that's what we have time for. One day a year where we pay attention. And now for many people, it's like one hour, two hours, not even for some people. And yet it unified our country for a while. Look, adversity is something that draws people together. But why do we have to wait for it to be so extreme? Like adversity is at the door all the time. So there's no need for us to wait for it to become extreme. To unify, right? What he did in this is he used his cultural capital to say, let's unify. And then he pushed on the politics arena and said, you have been trusted with some of this decision making, so you have to help this happened, And he pointed directly at the political arena. I I think it's good. I think it's great that he did that. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything that he said, but I also believe that what he did was he poked at a lot of things using as much of his cultural capital that he could. And if the politics falls subservient to the culture, which it does because politics is 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 servant to culture like we we know that culture is made up of the individuals politics is made up of groups groups cannot exist without the individual therefore he's using wisely so his political capital through his cultural capital and i think that was good um he did talk about unifying. Uh, he did at 17 minutes and 55 seconds in, he did say ban AR-15s. I guess I struggle there because how will it be managed? Look, we're going to have this, uh, this discussion again. Um, but he also said we're not divided as divided as we are told we are, but we're not as unified as we need to be. Because otherwise, how do we manage this AR-15 ban? Like at some point, we we don't want the Gestapo. We don't want people just coming into our homes and taking our stuff and saying, it's because we're managing it. It, Ultimately, the the dangerous weapons coming out of the hands of dangerous people have to start with the people who love those people. It's going to always be that way. You know, we can take away the guns and then then it's going to be the knives and then it's going to be the ropes. I've, I've done this in another podcast. But at the end of the day, to put the pressure on our politicians. I love that he did that. So I'm going to paint a picture of what's the solution. The solution from my stance, from where I sit. The solution, if we're using this cultural capital that Matthew McConaughey brought to the table and the political capital, which rests within the culture, and if we focus it all in one direction, How do we get real solutions? Well, every regulation has to have enforcement. And in just the last couple of years, I'm going to suggest we've actually backed off on enforcement. I mean, look around our our country. What is this defund the police stuff? So we're taking away enforcement, but then we're asking for laws. Those laws are going to be useless. They won't mean anything. We can can write 10,000 laws, but if we don't enforce any of them, they mean nothing. So we've got a bunch of empty laws, empty promises. That's not going to work. We have to talk about the right things in the right order. And cultural to influence political is all good, but not without enforcement. So let's have the conversation about enforcement. Let's have this conversation too. I'm going to introduce to you a little bit of a new idea, a principle-centered approach. All right. If, Like I was in the military, if the platoon is or a squad, because we usually ran these in squads, a squad is set to do an echelon right. That means a movement up and to the right when we're attacking the enemy. If you go up and to the left and you realize your squad is going to the right, it does not take long to figure out who needs to adjust. Because the one with their life on the line is outside of the group. That's the one that's in the greatest danger. And so it's pretty obvious that that one outlier has to adjust. Here's the problem with this though. What if the movement is supposed to go to the left? But we called it to go to the right. This is what happens sometimes, right? When we look at the the groupings, the groupings of Democrats and Republicans, what we have is we have this, this war going on and we have these little groups, Democrats and Republicans, that think they know what's best. We all have to step back and decide, wait a minute. What's the actual move here? Which way do we want to go? The solution is going to be, honestly, it's going to be to step back and take a look and look at what we want in the big picture. That's how the group is going to move in the right direction. We can't just count on the politicians to solve this. Enforcement can't come from just the police officers. Just like your safety can't come just from the firefighter if there's a fire. If the fire alarm goes off and you sit in your house and you wait for the firefighter to show up, it's probably too late. You probably should have grabbed your dog and gotten out, right? We have to do our part at the individual level because that's a cultural influence, right? We can't just passively wait for a lawmaker to make a miracle law. Because even when they do, it has to be enforced by the people. The people have to stand up and do our part. So the solution is, and always was, people need to do their part. We have to pay attention to signs. We have to report signs. And report signs to who? Hopefully somebody who cares. Maybe the cops in in the area um, could have been warned. And then maybe they could have decided to do something different, like intervene before the problem. But that comes back to, what's the problem? What is the problem? The problem is we're trying to depend on the politicians to solve this. And we can't do that. We can't do that. That's that's the problem. We're expecting the politicians to solve this they are a part of the culture they cannot solve this we have to solve this you and me we have to step in and say this is this is enough let's get some security at our schools yes let's take a look at these things in politics too like banning ar's i'm i'm not in favor of that but at the same time i don't know that there's really a need for most people to have an ar15 i mean You know, a hunting rifle makes sense to me. Raising the age to 21, I don't think that's going to make much difference because in the social science world, we know that the brain development continues until 25. So we're just kicking the can down the road a little bit. I mean, we're going to have, you know, it's just, they're going to be a little bit older. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still going to require people in the lives of dangerous people to recognize the danger. It's going to require that it's going to require that we pay attention um so what do we do uh, we we have these conversations that's what we do we have these conversations we we use whatever cultural clout we have to tell our politicians to do their job but also to tell our families to do their jobs and also to tell the law officers the sheriff the police department to follow the rules if somebody's supposed to be uh you know looked in on go look in on them if they're not leave them alone and it's also important to tell our media hey we're done we're not paying attention to your stupidity if you're not going to be uh, objective if you're not going to have um, you know, our best interest in your production, then we're not going to pay attention to your production. We're gonna we're gonna stop listening we're gonna stop watching because y- you're not doing what we want you to do. And it comes back to this. I know you've probably heard this if you've paid attention to me, but the Lakota tribe taught us an important lesson. The best way, the best way there is to stop a bad leader is to stop following a bad leader. We don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to go out and riot. We don't have to, just stop following them. You know, when it comes time to vote, don't vote for them. Vote for the other guy who's less bad and start moving that needle toward where it should go. That's the simple solution. A principled centered approach is very, very important because we will never enforce things we don't believe in. We won't. So as my As my takeaway here at the end, I know I've given you a bunch of nuggets. Here's the takeaway. You and I have got to use our cultural capital. That would be those individual relationships that we have to move things. We have to do that. This stuff will not change until individuals care enough for it to change. We cannot depend on someone else to care enough for us. For example, when Jesus walked the planet, he did not follow the religiosity of the time. He taught something different, love and forgiveness. When Hitler walked the planet, he, like that echelon right, just like Jesus did, he pulled people in one direction. Clearly, one has a good direction and one has a terrible, hideous direction. But the theme is the same. Which way are we being pulled? If we're principled-centered, if we're principled-centered, we have got to recognize that fear is not the right thing to follow. Hitler was followed out of fear. Jesus was followed out of love. That's a big difference. For those of you who, who don't know those two stories, go learn them. You know, we could can, we can look at a lot of different figures. I took two very polarizing, different views. One is fear. One is love. Fear is the lie. Fear is always going to be the lie. It has always been the lie. Thank you for joining me and have a great day.